This is Dr. Holly Lucille's Mindful Medicine. Here's Dr. Holly Lucille. Hi, folks. Thanks so much for spending part of your day with us here at Mindful Medicine. Hey, I got a question for you. Do you want to optimize your diet and your exercise plan? Uh, Determine if you're getting enough of and the right kind of sleep and hydration? Stay immune to the physical, mental, and spiritual toxicities that surround us in our everyday lives? Well, if you do, you got to listen up. Stay tuned here because I have a lovely doctor, Dr. Sam Price. She is a world-class expert in natural medicine. She's a licensed naturopathic physician like myself. She is sought after for her mastery of the blood type diet. We are going to talk about that epigenetics. What the heck is that? We're going to talk about that too. And nutrigenomics. She just wrote an amazing book called Dr. M. Sam Price's The Seven Naturopathic Secrets to Transform Your Health. Dr. Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dr. Holly. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I, you know, of course, we haven't met each other yet. I don't think we've met each other yet, I have to say that, but we see each other on um, social media and we stay connected that way. And so I'm just really, really happy to have you. And I want to ask you because, you know, naturopathic medicine is, um, I think it's an incredible field. I think it's an amazing education. Uh, But people I've noticed, and myself included, you're sort of drawn to it for a very strong reason because it has its struggles and being known. Yeah. And being known as sort of alternative and, and certainly, um, there are some misinformation and misconceptions about, uh, the system of medicine that we practice in. But why did you become a naturopathic doctor? You know, I think that most of us as naturopathic physicians have our own personal journey um, for me, um, I, I knew I wanted to be a physician early on in life. I actually wanted to be a cardiac surgeon. And so I studied really hard. I got wow. degrees. I was on the honor roll. I did ROTC. I went to college. I was on my path. <laughs> I worked two jobs. You know, I knew it was going to be expensive and I had to be smart. And then all of a sudden, I got deathly ill. And I went to the emergency room. They misdiagnosed me. They thought I had the flu. And I took the medication, and I was sick for, like, another two weeks. My aunt finally came, and she was like, no, no, we're going to the emergency room again. And before the doctor could even get close to me, I guess I was that jaundiced, he said that I had hepatitis. And I just broke down and cried because I was like, I'm not promiscuous. I don't do drugs. You know, you think of, at least at that time, I thought of hepatitis as a drug user-like type of Sure. Disease. But come to find out, I was the second diagnosed case in New Orleans at the time of hepatitis A, which is a fecal-borne contamination. And I would drink strawberry smoothies every single day before going to work. And they imported a bad batch from Mexico. And Uh so I was sick, and I was vomiting, and I was tired. I had chronic fatigue, and I just couldn't get out of bed. So come to find out from the gastroenterologist, hey, look, your body's going to have to heal itself. And I was really distraught about that. I was like, I have to go back to class. This is my junior year. I have to get in medical school. You're making me miss class. Um, He was like, you're just going to have to wait. And you know what? It's probably going to take like three months is what he told me. My mom sent me a book with some natural cures in it. I asked my aunt to get some of the things. I practiced what was in the book, and the book also had a school in the back that said that this was actually a, a real medicine, that there were doctors called naturopathic physicians. So I put it into practice, <laughs> and in two weeks, I felt better, and I was like, take me back to the doctor so I can get cleared. And I was cleared, and I was so excited to tell him what I had done, and he poo-pooed on it, 
And he said, no, it's just because you're young. But I knew in my heart that it was the natural medicines. And I was so intrigued by the fact that I could be that type of doctor. I could tell other patients about this that I applied to naturopathic medical school instead. And I stopped applying to the regular conventional medical um, school. And that is how I became a naturopathic physician. It was my journey of actually using natural medicines to speed the time in which it was going to take me to get better. That's so amazing. And I, you know, it's a great story. And I've always said that there is such value in all systems of medicine. I mean, there is a place for everything. Uh, but there you go, kind of, uh, you know, I, I, I said, I've said it before, th- that stuff is not just, you. oh, let's just read about this type of medicine. This sounds good. I want to apply here. That's in your bones. You know uh, mm-hmm. that that's what you want to uh, be. That's how you want to practice, and that's how you want to help. So, well, I'm so happy, uh, and you give your mom a big hug for me um, because I'm very, very thankful <laughs> that she sent you that book. <laughs> Well, listen, so why yes. why this book? So Seven Naturopathic Secrets to Transform Your Health. I love it. Uh, tell me a little bit about it. So, you know, I started thinking um, that there are certain things that I tell every single patient. I don't care if you're coming in because you are a world-class athlete, which I have lots of. I don't care if you are a C-level, a C-suite executive, which I have lots of. And then I have lots of patients that have chronic illnesses. So I do a lot of, um, I have a lot of patients that have cancer. But there's an underlying theme of kind of like what I tell my patients, and it seems like I tell them the same things over and over, regardless of what they're coming to me for. And it doesn't matter what age or what sex you are, but there's some underlying things that that are just basic that we can do to kind of prevent illness or to maintain our health and to transform illness into wellness. And so these are the seven things that I've come up with that in my practice over the last 13 years, it seems like these are the main ones that everyone, no matter where you are in your journey to health, can practice and actually have some type of transformation. So, all right, so you've got seven, and I love that number because there's so many uh, I I love seven. sevens. <laughs> yeah, the sevens. Yes. So tell me, a, tell me a couple of those sevens, and I want to know what your favorite seven is, or your favorite one of the sevens, okay. I should say. So the seven chapters are mindset. Um, it's very, very important that you're in the right mindset um, when you have a chronic illness or even if you're trying to do prevention. Um, mindset and anything that we're doing is really, really important. So I had to lead with that. Um, it's very important that people know that. I don't think that we realize how much our mind plays such an important part on our health. Um, you know, think about stress, but it's also how you just deal with everyday stress. Um, sleep is really important. That's um, one of the chapters in the book. Water is very important, and that's a chapter. Food, supplements, movement, and detox. So those are the seven things that I touch on in the book. I think, um, I mean, they're all my favorite because I think that they're all very important. But my patients will hear me often talk about sleep and sleep and poop, sleep and poop. <laughs> that's like my motto. <laughs> so as long as you're sleeping correctly and you're pooping correctly, you should be feeling pretty good. So, you know, even if you're coming to me with a skin issue or cancer, the first thing we're going to probably work on is sleep and poop. So I think one of my favorites is sleep. Sleep is so incredibly important. It regulates, um, if you're not sleeping correctly, it, it alters your mood. 
your mood can totally alter your physical function. Um, sleep, um, actually, if you're not getting the proper sleep, it can possibly lead to early, early heart attacks. Um, it can affect your bowel movement. It can affect your hormone levels. So there's so many things. And I think that sleep actually is so easy to obtain. And there's, it's such a chronic problem in America right now that half of my patients have insomnia, that they're not getting the proper sleep. And it's something that you don't have to swallow a pill for. It's not food that I'm telling you you have to take away from your diet. I just want you to sleep. So it's so easy to add into your practice. And it's free. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, it's, it's very inexpensive. And actually, I mean, the, you'll net in the, in the positive because of good sleep. I mean, I always say it's like yes. one of the best, I think, anti-aging medicines. That's where tissue yes. repair happens. That's where human growth hormone is made when you not only get to sleep, but stay asleep. So awesome. Great tips there. Um, and all of those things. I mean, I think that you're right. There's a lot of these fundamentals that, and it's kind of like if we were just big babies, you know, we want to eat, uh, and and poop and sleep, <laughs> you know, eat well, and it's then funny. poop. Yeah, it's funny that you bring up baby because I have a story in the book where I talk about if we would treat our thirty or forty year old selves as though we're a baby, um, uh-huh. the same way we would treat a baby, we would be golden. So when you're thinking about a two month old baby, we read all the labels, we make sure we don't put things on their body that have stuff that we can't pronounce, right? So we buy all these special soaps and shampoos um we buy special food and we puree their food ourselves and we make sure that that it's organic right so why don't we do that for our 30 and 40 year old self i'm not sure we make sure that we that they're that they're properly fed that they're properly hydrated and if they're not pooping and they're not sleeping correctly we get all agitated correctly correct so we need to <laughs> yeah. do the same for our 30 and 40 year old selves. We need to make sure that we're watching what we're putting on our bodies, what's going in our bodies, and making sure that we're properly eliminating sleeping and hydrating. Oh, some yeah. Okay, now listen. I want to. I want to. I want to pop su- uh, subjects here. I want to pop over to um, the sure. blood type diet um, because you studied with Dr. Sure. Diadamo, correct? Yeah, that's I great. Did. Um, yeah. I did. Yeah. That must have been amazing. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about that. I've used. Uh, the uh, mod, you know, the blood type diet as a modality in my clinical practice for uh, eight, 17 years now, uh, with great clinical success, Fantastic. I would have to say. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I know that, you know, still taking the population and sort of dividing it into four subgroups or what have you, or perhaps mm-hmm. even more with secretion status, it's still a broad brush to paint with. But when I have applied the modality of the blood type diet and asking people to simply avoid their avoid foods and listeners, just for your edification, uh, the book is sort of set up or the, the concept of the blood type diet is set up in that uh, there is beneficial. Uh, so that's sort of food is medicine. There's neutral foods that kind of food is just food. And then there's avoid foods. And what I'll do, which I think is the ultimate of uh, do no harm is, you know, not in every case, but in, in most cases, I would just have folks for four weeks, certainly be, between our initial visit and uh, our, our follow-up, perhaps, if we're doing some confirmatory testing, um, just really kind of ha- with a high degree of compliance, avoid those avoid foods. And the success that people have with just doing that and nothing else that I recommend <laughs> is absolutely yes. amazing. Amazing. You'd be surprised. So, um, 
So this is going into that world of epigenetics and nutrigenomics. So epigenetics is basically kind of the study of our genes and what's expressed. And the way um, Dr. Diadamo explained it to me is we can make those genes that are boisterous and they're the life of the party. We can make them be the wallflower when they're being too rowdy, okay? And then those genes that are the wallflower that we want them to come and party a little bit more. We can make them come to the dance floor. Um, we can do that with food, and that's called nutrigenomics, where we're actually using food. So just like you said, the beneficial foods are going to act like medicine for your cells. They actually work well in the receptors. They nourish the cells. Neutrals do neither of that. They they are not an avoid. They're not a beneficial. They kind of add varieties to the diet because they're not doing either. But the avoids are so critically important because they're blocking the receptor. You can't get any nourishment, so you're not feeding your cells the way you're supposed to, and it causes inflammation. So those avoid foods, if you know anything about inflammation, that causes a, a myriad of different problems within ourselves. And a lot of our chronic illnesses nowadays are caused by lots of inflammation. So if we can avoid that. A lot of people think of the blood type diet as an anti-inflammatory diet. But I really like to think of it as a customized diet based upon your genetics because the blood type is a genetic thing, right? So right. if we think about blood type O, right? O goes back to the days when you had you had to hunt for your food. Um, I like to think of it like caveman days. And you would hunt for your food, and you would kill your meat, and then you would eat your meat. So blood type O's um, have a hearty digestive tract, and they can break down red meat really well because they have a high amount of hydrochloric acid in their stomach. So these are the people who can eat meat. Of course, we're going to make sure that it's organic and it's lean red meat but they can eat meat. Um, they don't do very well with wheat and corn, and a lot of the grains um, are, aren't really great for blood type O's. Then if we go over to, like, a blood type A, I think of these people as the people where, okay, the glazier's melted, and now we're more of an agrarian society, and they started planting things, and they were picking berries and things like that. So they are your what should be vegetarian, all right? So they adapt well to dietary and environmental changes. Their immune system preserves and metabolizes nutrients more easily, but they don't do well with meat. They're, they just weren't hunting for their food when this blood type came around. So they should be vegetarians. They don't have that high amount of hydrochloric acid to break down the meat. So they should really avoid red meat. Um, they shouldn't have dairy either, um, but they do really well. So then... Then evolution came around to blood type B. They have a very, very strong immune system, but they have some idiosyncrasies. So blood type B can't have chicken, which is just odd. You would think of chicken as a great right. lean meat, but I right. tell you, Dr. Holly, I can spot them a mile away. They're my patients that come in that have had migraine headaches since they were like, 14 years old and they sure. just don't know what to do with their migraine headaches and I take them off of chicken <laughs> and corn is another one in soy okay so it's yep. chicken <laughs> corn and soy for a blood type B and all of a sudden their headaches go away you know why it's because they've been eating these things that are inflammatory and once you remove them the inflammation goes down and now they don't have their headaches so I love to see it it's like so miraculous in a blood type B it's like immediate then the other blood type is blood type AB. 
And this is kind of a weird blood type. They have some of the strengths of the A and some of the strengths of the B. It's really designed for modern conditions. They have highly tolerant immune system, and but they shouldn't have red meat. So that's the same as blood type A, right? Um, they shouldn't have corn. That's the same as blood type B. So these are some of the things that we, we talk about when a patient's interested in going on a blood type diet. Sure. That's, that's, that's a wonderful way to break it down. And, you know, one of the things that, um, I certainly like anything else that's out there right now, there's, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of haters and people uh, commenting. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, I always say it's the ultimate of do no harm. Um, I always try to tell my patients, you know, this, this isn't a, a fad. This isn't sort of like, okay, hey, this diet, what we're really trying to do through the research. And I've always also said that I think Dr. Diodamo, who Peter Diodamo, by the way, listeners, is uh, the author of The Blood Type Diet and, um, and, and other books, um, but that he's been somewhat ahead of his time. You know, I think I just read an article where, uh, you know, modern science is, is starting to catch on to epigenetics and, and uh, this whole uh, idea of blood type and, and how different uh, compounds in food act- actually interact based on our genetics and such. And so, you know, he's been yeah. doing this work and took over his dad's body of work. And so once again, uh, I think from a mindful perspective, because this after all is mindful medicine, uh, you know, opening mm-hmm. our minds, uh, because if they're closed, it's like a parachute, right? You're going to just, I don't think you're going to mm-hmm. get anywhere. And the ultimate of do no harm, if you're interested, and there's an app as well, it's just the eat right for your type, and you mm-hmm. can go in and for, uh, for, you know, even two weeks, but I always say four weeks, uh, just go ahead and avoid um, the avoid foods. It's amazing. I'll give you a couple examples. You know, coconut is really hot right now as far as a food item, right. and a food a- additive. And I have yeah. some blood type O's that are, you know, they're having coconut, they're cooking with coconut oil, they're having coconut <laughs> yeah. in their smoothie, they've got coconut, wow. coconut, coconut. So I asked this one woman, uh, she was not progressing and I, I asked her, she's like, I can't give up coconut. And I said, can you just, can you do me a favor two weeks? She called me back and she's like, yeah. oh my gosh, I can't believe how better I feel uh, yeah. after avoiding coconut. Yeah. And so... What I tell people is that, listen, if there's something on your avoid food that you are so bummed out because you eat it, I get excited because I'm like, I can't wait till you don't have it for a while because I think you're going to feel so much better. But then I also just ask them, just pop over, yeah, pop over to your beneficial and swap it out for something, you know, try something new. Um, And so, yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So where do you practice? I am in um, Ann Arbor, Michigan. So I have a practice in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's Balanced Integration, and the website is www.drsam, D-R-S-A-M-M-N, as in naturopathic, D as in doctor.com. And then I have a practice in Warren, Michigan, um, once a week, and it's in a chiropractic office called Complete Care Chiropractic and Wellness Center. So let's talk a little bit about this, if you don't mind. Um, now, Michigan, there's many states that license naturopathic doctors uh, as primary care yep. doctors. Um, in California here, I hold one of those licenses. In Michigan, although there is a robust um, legislative process, it is yet to there be is. It is a pre-licensed state. So um, tell yep. the listeners how, as a as a physician that you've gone to school, you, um, an accredited school, you went to the same school I did, the Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine, um, mm-hmm. and then you have passed your boards and you have done extensive mm-hmm. training post-grad. Uh, how do you practice in Michigan um, under the current laws? So very carefully. <laughs> um, I have a consent form, but I'm also in the office of an MD. He's actually a holistic family um, medicine doc. 
So if I'm doing IVs or something that's a little bit more controversial, we practice together and there's a consent form that's signed together that we're working together. So he's kind of oversight for me. Um, right. as, as far as actually doing labs and whatnot, we're both on the lab requisition. Um, so I can actually, I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. I can actually practice what I've been taught. Um, some of the physicians here are not doing labs and they're doing more homeopathy or something um, of that sort, but I'm actually practicing to the scope. Now, we don't have DEA license, and even though my license is held in Vermont and I could get a DEA license, I, I don't feel the need to, to do that. And if I do, then like uh, papering drugs off and or increasing a dose of a hormone or something like that, then the MD that's downstairs will take care of that for me. Sure. You know, that's an important point. You know, a lot of times people will say, you know, you all are naturopathic doctors and uh, why are you wanting scope expansion as far as getting a DEA? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a drug enforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, the, the answer to that, and I have a DEA number, um, is that mm-hmm. legally you can't taper somebody off a medication if you right. can't, you don't have the right to prescribe it. And so I like to give that piece right. of education out there that, you know, we're looking for complete and comprehensive um, care when we're treating the whole person. Mm-hmm. And so that just gives us the ability to, um, mm-hmm. to manage that piece if needed. Uh, so wonderful, 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 Dr. Sam. And that is, I want you all to know that's Dr. Sam with two M's. And then N as in naturopathic, D.com, Dr. Sam, ND.com. A couple more questions for you. Uh, So you talk about this. um, Are you Fabnote? Did you study uh, post-grad and get certified in naturopathic oncology? I did not. And the reason, so I have a lot of extensive experience with oncology. So yes. I've gone to all of the conferences, and I've studied extensively with some of the people who are in um, the research field for mistletoe. So I do mistletoe, and I do high-dose IV vitamin C and some of the other um, what we consider alternative treatments for oncology. Um, but when I looked into our FABNO, it is a little bit constricting for me. So I have quite a few patients who are at end stage and just don't want to do conventional care. And when I think of mindset, since this is mindful medicine, right, um, a lot of times your fears can be even stronger than that medicine itself. So the fear of chemo, the fear of surgery, the fear of something, or you just have your mindset that that's not what you're going to do and you get pushed into it, um, if I was to go that route, I would be kind of constrained to doing um, not necessarily conventional, but, but something that in my heart I don't feel that we need to do as naturopathic physicians. So I kind sure. of practice um, more in a vitalistic, um, whereas I don't, I'm not treating cancer. I'm treating the person. And in treating the person, there's three tenets that I'm looking for. I'm looking for, they probably have a decreased vital force, which is the body's natural ability to heal itself. And in conventional terms, that's what the immune system. Number two is they have a buildup of toxemia, which is morbid matter and waste. So I need to kind of help remove that. And then the abnormal composition of blood and lymph. And I also do hair tissue mineral analysis. So... If I'm looking at those three things and I'm working on that with the individualized 
patient. I don't necessarily need the other things. Now, I do do integrative medicine, so therefore I am talking to their oncologist, and we're working together to make sure, sure that we're doing the best for our patient. I just Excellent. don't necessarily think that, that I ethically could tell a patient, no, I'm not going to help you, knowing good and well that they're going to try it on their own right. if they're not doing conventional medicine. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so just uh, listeners, we were using um, a couple abbreviations there. So FABNO would be a fellowship uh, through the American yeah. Board of Naturopathic Oncology. I just wanted to clear that up Correct. for my yeah. listeners. Dr. Sam, you know, thank you so much. Uh, where, I'm sure you're going to tell me, is going to be a stupid question from me. Where can people get your book? Yay! Thank you. Um, so it's on Amazon now. Uh, I knew I knew that was going to be the answer. <laughs> Yeah. So all you have to do is go to um, uh, Amazon and you're going to type in the seven naturopathic secrets to transform your health. And it's a it's a number seven. Um, you can do that. You can get the hard copy or you can get the Kindle version. So you can read That's it on awesome. your Kindle. And if you don't have a Kindle, you can always get the Kindle app. It's free. Um, it's on Amazon. So I would love for you guys to read it and tell me how you what you think about it. I really think at least from the People who have read it, they're like, wow, this is so simple. And Dr. Diadamo actually wrote the foreword to the book. And in the foreword, he says that it's pretty hard to kind of explain difficult concepts, especially epigenetics and nutrigenomics. But I think I did a pretty good job of simplifying it and making it really easy for you to understand and making you want to make these changes in your life for the better. That's awesome. And so, folks, also, uh, obviously, you can find Dr. Sam at drsamnd.com, as we talked about. And you know I'm a big advocate of opening your mind and, and at the same time saying that, listen, there is value in all systems of medicine. I was a daughter of two pharmacists, conventional Western uh, reductionistic medicine wow. has its place. It saves lives. But if you want to see an naturopathic doctor, if you want a second opinion, etc., you can usually find an organization in your state. Like for example, yeah. where Dr. Sam works, she's got the uh, the Michigan Association of Naturopathic Doctors, and that's just mishnd.org. Uh, and so you can Google around and and uh, make sure that you know they're accredited. There's a difference between. Um, uh, schooling and education that's out there. So there is the AANMC, which is the associate accredited, the Association of Accredited, accredited Naturopathic Medical Colleges, because uh, there are some online schools that you can go to, but that's uh, that that education is is quite different than what you and I went through, uh, and the boards that we have to pass and such. But anyway, Dr. Sam, it's been my pleasure. Uh, thank you for helping us open uh, our minds to seven uh, seven different secrets uh, of naturopathic uh, orientation for people to improve their health and transform their health um, Absolutely. and mindful listeners thanks so much once again for sharing some of your life with us and until next time